Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to Fresh Encounter, the radio ministry of Lifelong Anointing Church. Our mission as a church is to equip the body of Christ to increase in wisdom and in stature, and in favor with God and with men. We're glad that you joined us for this edition of the broadcast. It is our prayer that this broadcast will be a blessing to you. Here now is Pastor Otuno with today's message. Easter is a very unique time. Very, very unique time and a very interesting period of the year. It's a time that is not just interesting. It's a time that we celebrate the death and the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. And it's a special time for every believer. Because it marks the basis of what we call Christianity. Okay? So, it is a very, very special time for the church. It is a very special time for the believer. But not only that, it is a very special time in the world. And the reason is why. What is the reason? Why is it a very special time? It's a special time because because of what is what I refer to as the paradox of Easter. The paradox of Easter is what we refer to as what appears to be an inconsistency. On the one hand, we are celebrating the death of our Lord Jesus Christ. On the other hand, we are celebrating life. In other words, we are celebrating both death and life. Because for the church, those things are very, very significant. Easter is very, very significant and very important because it is for so many people who are unbelievers, it is a very confusing time. Confusing in the sense that there's a lot of mixed emotions. You will recall that the, that the time that the Lord Jesus Christ died and he rose again, there was a mixed emotion among the disciples. For one point, their disciples thought that they have they have failed. They felt defeated because they felt that they could not stay with the Almighty God to the very end. So they felt defeated. They felt that they have failed the Lord Jesus Christ. But for the people who were determined to kill the Lord Jesus Christ, it was a time of triumph. They thought they had won. Okay? So it was a very conflicting time. Very confusing time. Not only that, the Easter period is a conflicting time because people's intention and their actions seem to be at odds. You know, there are those who call the Lord Jesus Christ master, but they are very quick to betray him at Easter. They followed him for three years. But when they had the opportunity to betray him, it was very easy. They did it. So it was a conflicting time. There are those who wanted to release the Lord Jesus Christ, just like Pilate. But for some reason, they ended up crucifying him. Very conflicting. And not only that, there were people, and we see it in our community, we see it in our society every time. That at Easter, the people who don't want to have anything to do with God... The people who never show up in church, the people who don't even remember that there is a church somewhere, all of a sudden on Easter day, the whole church is packed. I still don't know the rationale behind that thing. I still don't understand how that happened. But it tells me that Easter is also a very conflicting time. Because it's not just that there's a paradox. It's not just that it's confusing. It's not just that it's conflicting. It's also a very consequential time. Consequential in the sense that the things that have eternal consequences happened on that day. And how you relate to it matters. In other words, Jesus Christ, the death of our Lord Jesus Christ is something that has impact eternally. It's something that changes the life of an individual forever. And how you respond to it is very, very consequential. It determines where you spend eternity. And that is why Easter is also very consequential. But most importantly, Easter is a very, very confrontational time. Very, very confrontational. 
Easter, at Easter, Christ Jesus, our Lord, confronted sin. At Easter, he confronted evil. At Easter, he bombarded the gate of hell. At Easter, he overcame the works of the enemy. At Easter, he challenged the, he challenged the host of hell and defeated Satan himself. It was at Easter that the Lord God Almighty triumphed. I gave you and I the triumph. So Easter is a very, very confrontational time. Okay, And that is the reason Easter is a very special time in the church. It's a very special time in the house of the, in the, in the life of a believer. Because, and because of this particular specialness, because of this uniqueness, the host of hell has gone into overdrive to be able to diminish the impact of Christmas. Because they know that Christ himself has risen and has given you victory and has given you, make you an overcomer and because they know the power of what happened when Jesus Christ died and rose again from the dead, they make every effort to diminish that thing so that you don't even know that something like that happened they diminish the effort, not only that the host of hell, Satan himself has gone an extra length to be able to to be able to devalue the thing that Jesus Christ did for us on the cross of Calvary when you talk to people, they say, oh, Jesus is just another prophet. He's just another good guy. He's just a good teacher. They try to devalue what Jesus Christ did because of the power of what happened on, Christ, on the cross of Calvary. Not only that, because Satan knew the impact of Easter, what he did is just to be able to, he knows that he cannot stop you. He knows that he cannot stop the resurrection. So what he does is that he diverts the attention of people. And that's why when you call people to come to church, when you call people to accept the Lord Jesus Christ, there is something else that is diverting people. So Satan has done a very good job. He has employed all sorts of strategies to be able to distract and to divert people away from the impact of Easter. Not only that, if they are not able, if Satan is not able to divert, what Satan then does is that is to demonize the people who try to celebrate us by calling them cuckoo, calling them that they are crazy. Saying that they are they are they are they are the fringe you know of the society. He tries to demonize them, he tries to give them a bad label so that they will not accept and they will not do what they will not associate with the Almighty God. And then finally, in a desperate effort, Satan is now determined to destroy everything that Jesus Christ has done. And he's doing it in the life of an individual, he's doing it in the family, he's doing it in the church. And that is why he's very specializing now in destroying families. He's making sure that the church no longer preaches the word. He's making sure that the word of God is no longer being propagated. Just because he knows the impact and the power of the almighty God. And the interesting thing is that despite all of hell's attempts to diminish and to devalue. And to divert and demonize. And destroy what what was accomplished on Easter. Easter remains the central point of reference for the whole of humanity. You know that the whole calendar of the world is measured around the Lord Jesus Christ. It's always either it is measured before he was born or measured after Easter had happened. Okay? And that is why if you read, if you if you if you write date, it's either before Christ or after Christ. It tells you that what happened on Easter is a central point of reference for the whole of humanity. It remains the focal point of history. Because if you look at all the religious leaders, how many of them is being criticized every day on CNN? How many of them is being criticized by the government? Not very few. Only the Lord, only, only the Christian faith has become the focal point of history. The lightning rod where people just take a shot because there is something about the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. There's something that happened at Calvary that turned the times around. 
It remains the only hope for humanity. They might come up with economic theories. They might come up with the United Nations. They might come up with all sorts of things. But the only hope of humanity was happening happened 2,000 years ago upon the cross of Calvary, what Jesus Christ did. That is the only hope for humanity. And the question is, what is this thing that we are talking about that we are calling Easter? And why is it so special to the church? What is this thing called Easter and why is it special to the church? Why is Easter the focal point of the Christian calendar? Why is it that it is the turning point of history? Why is Easter the only hope of eternity, the only hope of humanity? Why is it that what Jesus Christ did, the death and the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ, why is it that is what defines everything that happens in the life of an individual? Because if you have not encountered that resurrected Christ, life has not begun for you. So why is Easter so special? What is this Easter? Number one, Easter is the celebration of the victory of our Lord Jesus Christ over sin and death. That is, the, that is what Easter is all about. The celebration of this victory that Jesus Christ won over death. The Bible says, oh sin, where is your strength? Oh grave, where is your strength? In other words, the, the, things, the, 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 the power of sin, well, the, the power of death is sin. And Jesus Christ broke that power, had victory over it. That is why you can come and stand before the Almighty God as somebody who has not committed sin. Because Jesus has taken care of it. That is what Easter is all about. Easter is the celebration of eternal life that is granted to all of us who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, all of us were dead. Until the day that Jesus Christ rose again from the dead, that was when life came into you. And that is what Easter is all about. It is the celebration of the eternal life that is given to you, that is given to me. That's what Easter is all about. Not just the victory over death. Not just the victory over sin. But the life that comes, that Jesus Christ gives unto all. If you read the scriptures that we read this morning, it said that Jesus Christ came. Is there anyone that believes in him? He said he has given them the power to become the sons of God. Which is the eternal life that we're talking about. That's what Easter is all about. So Easter is about victory over sin. It's about the eternal life that is given to all. And number three, Easter is the celebration of the complete validation and verification of all that Jesus Christ taught us and did. In other words, when Jesus Christ walked the surface of the earth, he made a lot of claim. He said that he was the son of God. He said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. That nobody comes to the Father except through me. When Jesus Christ died and rose again from the dead, that particular claim that he made, those claims were validated. Because not just anybody can die and wake up again. If we had that power, a lot of us would not die. Okay? And we actually know how to work it out so that we'll continue to come back again, come back again. But Jesus Christ, the resurrection, the Easter that we're talking about, is a validation of all that Jesus Christ said about himself. It was as a validation of all that Jesus Christ did. He was the one that had power over there. He was the one that was able to raise the dead. He was the one that is able to calm the sea. He was the one that is able to forgive sin. All these claims he made were validated when he rose again from the dead. He was the one that said, destroy this temple and I will raise it in three days. And that was exactly what happened. Easter. Is the validation of the claim of our Lord Jesus Christ. Number four. Easter is the final and the irrefutable proof. That Jesus Christ is the son of the living God. Easter is that particular proof. Because every prophet have come. 
They have come and they have gone. Even the most powerful prophet in the Old Testament, Moses, he died eventually. Well, what do you call this man? Elijah was translated at the, other, at the end of the story. But Jesus is the only one. The only one when the Bible said that he was baptized. He said the heavens were opened. The angel of the, 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 the spirit of the Almighty God descended. And the voice from heaven came and said, This is my son in whom I am well pleased. So Easter was the final and irrefutable proof that Christ is who he said he was. The son of the living God. So the question is, not you know, so now you know what Easter is all about. It's not a celebration of the bunny. It's not the running up and down and picking Easter egg. That Easter egg has nothing to do with Easter. Easter is the proof that Jesus Christ is who he said he was. The son of the living God. Now the question is, why is Easter so special to the church? Why is Easter so special to the church? Why is it that we, we the, 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 the believer who understands how the scripture operates will rather celebrate Easter than celebrate the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ? I'm not saying Christmas is not special. I'm only saying that Easter has a more defining power. Why is Easter so special? Why is Easter the focal point of the Christian calendar? Why is, the, why is it the turning point of history? Why is Easter so special to the Christians? My brothers and sisters, Easter is special. Because on that particular day, when Jesus died on the cross, he offered a perfect solution for sin. The Bible says that the blood of goats and rams are not able to take away the sins of man. It is the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ that is able to provide the solution for provide the solution for sin. On that particular Easter day, when Jesus Christ when we, on, the, on, the, on, the, on, the, on Friday night, when Jesus Christ hung on the cross, and on Saturday when he was in the grave, and on Sunday when he woke up and rose up from the dead, the Bible makes us to understand that he offered the perfect sacrifice for sin. He paid the price for sin, and he broke the power of sin over your life over my life so that we can walk in victory that is why christ that is why easter is very special because that particular chain that ties us down to the same spot that chain that does not allow us to live the life that is pleasing unto god that particular day on easter morning when jesus christ rose from the dead that was the day that that chain was broken that was the day that you were set free that was the day that you can now call upon god and say abba father that is the day that that relationship was established. The sin, the Easter is special because the solution for sin was offered on that particular day. Number two, Easter is special because death was defeated. And that's why the Bible makes us to understand that those of us who are in Christ, we should not be, we should not be sorrowful when we see other people die. The reason is because we have been translated into better things. We have a better hope. Okay? That is what happened on Easter day. Easter is, uh, Easter is special because the hold of death over the life of a man was broken. And that's why we're no longer afraid. And that's what Paul the Apostle was saying in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 15. If you read verse number 54, he said, Death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, grave, where is your victory? The reason is because Jesus Christ has won that victory. Jesus Christ went in there and defeated death so that he became the first fruit of the dead. So that you too can become what? Alive in him. That is what's, that's why Easter is very, very special. Number three, why is Easter special? Easter is special because hope is restored unto man. 
When you have a hope for tomorrow, when you have a hope that God hears you, when you have a hope that God writes his name, writes your name in his book, when you have a hope that whatever you do, as long as you are able to come to the foot of the cross and acknowledge the sacrifice of Christ, that God himself is able to accept you, you have a hope for tomorrow. Easter was special because hope is restored to mankind. The hope of fellowship was restored. The hope of eternal life was restored. The hope of victory in life was restored. Hope was restored on Easter. That's why Easter is special. That is why Easter is special. And because of that, because of that particular hope that is restored, many of us can come to the throne of grace. Many of us can call upon the name of the Almighty God. Many of us can begin to say, Lord Almighty, have mercy on me. And we know that He will hear us and He will answer us. But one thing I want you to understand is this. Without Easter, none of us will be able to sit down here today. Okay? Without Easter, your sins have not been forgiven because you are not yet born again. Without Easter, the sacrifice for sin was not accepted and nothing happened. Without Easter, without the death and the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, there will be no Christianity. There will be no faith for you to believe. That's what Paul the Apostle was saying in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 15. If you read from verse number 16, he said, if the, dead, if the dead do not rise, in other words, if Jesus did not rise up from the dead, if the dead did not rise, then Christ did not rise. And Christ is not risen. If there is no resurrection, Christ did not rise. And if Christ is not risen, your faith is what? It's futile. It's useless. And you are still in your sins. So whatever hope that you have that you are going to heaven is a, is a pipe dream. If Jesus did not rise up. If Jesus did not wake up on the third day. Whatever hope that you have, whatever relationship you claim with the almighty God is a pipe dream because there is no relationship. The Bible says if Christ is not risen, your faith is futile and you are still in your sin. Then also those who have fallen asleep in Christ, they have perished. In other words, those who believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, those who trusted him for their life, those who trusted him for eternity, they have just simply wasted their time because what? There is nothing. It's an illusion. It's just like when you think that you are, when you think that you have an insurance policy, you bought a nice car, you bought it, you, you decided to put insurance on top of it, but you forgot to pay the premium. What happened? Do you have insurance? Sorry for you. If you get into an accident, you are in serious, serious, serious trouble. That is what is happening here. The assurance that we have, that we have a relationship with the Almighty God, the assurance that we have, that our sins have been forgiven, the assurance that we have, that we are going to spend eternity with Him, the assurance that we have, that our names are written in the book of life, is because Jesus Christ rose up from the dead. That's the assurance. Because He rose up from the dead. The Bible then tells us in verse number 18, He said, then also those who have fallen asleep in Christ, He said, they have perished. Now, now look at verse number 19. He said, if only in this life, if this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. In other words, if only the physical Jesus is what you believe in. If you don't see the resurrection of the Almighty God, if the resurrection, if the resurrection power has not transformed your life, if your hope is only in this life, that means you have no hope of eternal, you have no hope of resurrection, there's no hope of resurrection inside of you, then you are a pitiable person. Because you are missing out of life. You should have chopped life and enjoyed parties. Do all the things you need to do. You know, committed all the whatever you are able to commit and enjoy it because when you die, nothing happens. But if you abstain from all those things and you try to live a life of faith and you try to live a life of a, a life of morality and then at the end of the day, you find out that you are not even associated with the Lord Jesus Christ, you are a pitiable person. I like the way the King James, passed, uh, the King James Version puts it. He said, we are almost men most miserable. 
That means the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ is what makes the difference. Now look at verse number 20. But now Christ is risen from the dead and has become the first fruit of those of us. Of those who fall, who are fallen asleep. In other words, he is the one. Jesus died and rose from the dead. Because Jesus died and rose from the dead, the first on the on the first Easter on the first Easter morning, Christianity is possible. You, your faith, and your relationship with the Almighty God is possible because Jesus Christ rose from the dead. That's why Easter is special. And throughout this month, that is what we are going to be focusing our attention on. We're going to be looking at the death and we're going to be celebrating the life and the death of our Lord Jesus Christ. We're going to be taking a closer look at the unique event that shaped the course of history. We're going to be looking at the weekend that changed everything. That night, that Friday, Saturday, and Sunday that changed everything. We're going to be looking very close to it. But before we look at the miracle of Easter and the weekend that changed everything, I want you to understand that before Easter ever took place, before the actors, before Judas Iscariot and all the other people started doing what they were doing, before the characters such as Judas and the high priest played their role in the Easter story, I want you to understand that Easter's final act was set in motion by one question that Jesus Christ asked. Okay? The question, Jesus asked a particular question, and that question was so important that nobody could ignore it. It was so important that it demanded an answer. And what was the question that changed everything? You look at the book of Matthew chapter 16. Matthew chapter 16. If you start reading from verse number 13, the Bible tells us that Jesus, when he came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples saying, who do men say that I am? And say that I, the son of man, am. The Bible then gave us in verse number 14 what the disciples were saying. They said that some say you are John the Baptist, others say you are Elijah, some others say Jeremiah, or some other prophet. Jesus Christ waited for them to give all their various answers. And then in verse number 15, he personalized the question and said, Who do you say I am? You see, my brothers and sisters, this question is a very, very important and dividing question. It's a question that separates those who believe and those who do not. It's a question that sets everybody apart. And in the devil's attempt at making sure that the world does not know this answer, I will argue is the reason why there is so much opposition against Christianity. The devil wants to make sure that most people don't know the meaning of that. They don't know the answer to that question. Who do men say I am? Who am I to you? This particular question is very, very important that the devil wants to make sure that nobody, you know, that most of the world does not understand it. And as soon as the enemy, the devil found out who Jesus Christ truly was, the Bible makes us to understand that as soon as they found out the true identity of our Lord Jesus Christ, all hell broke loose. You read about Herod. The Bible says as soon as he realized that a king was born, what happened? He went on a killing spree. As soon as the devil and his agent realize that God has come into the come into the camp of his people, has visited his people, and has shown up in the person of his son, Jesus Christ, all hell broke loose. People started plotting to kill him. The disciples started plotting to conspiring to start betraying him. The rulers started planning to execute him. They even plotted a coup to even cover the whole story up, just because Satan did not want the world to know the identity of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because he knows that when you know who Jesus is, there is a strong probability that you are going to accept him. 
And that is why you find out that they kick the word of God out of the schools. They make sure you don't pray. They make sure you don't carry your Bible. They make sure you don't preach to other people. They make sure you cannot evangelize. The reason is because the devil is so afraid of what Jesus can do. The transforming, the transforming power of the Lord Jesus Christ in the life of an individual. The devil is so afraid of it that he wants to make sure that you have no idea of who Jesus is. And that is why if you go on around the streets right now, in a country that has, that has experienced what is called the Great Awakening, that even experienced the Second Great Awakening, that has sent out the, biggest, the largest number of missionaries all the world has ever known, that has built the biggest cathedral the world has ever known, you will be surprised that in that same country, there are people walking the street who have no idea who Jesus is. That tells us that the enemy has done a lot of homework, and he has succeeded in doing it. So, the question is, why does the uh, why uh, why does the say, why does the enemy why is Satan so determined to make sure people don't know who Jesus is? Why? Because Satan's desire is that people do not know who Jesus is. Number two, he wants them to make sure that he wants to abort the mission of God, the uh, mission of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's why he's so determined to destroy the church. Number three, Satan is doing all that he's doing because he wants to make sure that you do not have an idea of what Jesus has come to do in your life. And then number four, Jesus, Satan is so, very, so violent against the church because he wants people to be ignorant of the victory that Christ has won for them. All because Satan does not want the world to come to Christ and to know what he has done. The question is why? Why is Satan so determined to destroy the Lord Jesus Christ? Why is Satan so determined to destroy the Lord Jesus Christ? Satan is determined to destroy the Lord Jesus Christ because of who Jesus is. Who is this Jesus? That's the question. Because when you are fighting something, you want to be able to find out why is this person so determined to fight the Lord Jesus Christ? Why is it so determined? Why is the issue of the Lord Jesus Christ so special to the devil? Okay? And for if, you, if you ask the whole world, if you ask people, they say, who is this Jesus? A lot of people will give you a sort of story. They will tell you, number one, Jesus is probably a crazy guy. Some people will say he's an imposter. Others will say he's just an ordinary prophet. There was even a particular guy in this country that said that Jesus was a deluded, was a deluded man that committed suicide because he couldn't accomplish his goal. People have said all sorts of things about the Lord Jesus Christ. And ever so often, the question of the identity of our Lord Jesus Christ always comes up, especially during Easter. If you watch most of all these channels on TV, they will begin to tell you uh, the, the secret tomb of Jesus, the bone of Jesus. They sort of come up all sorts of things just to discredit Jesus. And the question is, why are they doing all this? Who is this particular Jesus? Open your Bible to the book of John chapter 1. We read it in the scriptures. If you turn the back of your bulletin, you will see it. John chapter 1 reading from verse number 1, the Bible says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, all things were made through Him, and without Him nothing was made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was with, and the life was the light of men. He was in the world, and the world was made through Him, and the world did not know Him. He came to His own, and His own did not receive Him. But as many who received Him, to them He gave the right to become the children of God. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory. The glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through the Lord Jesus Christ. From this verse of the scripture. Who is Jesus? The Bible tells us number one, Jesus is the incarnate God. That is who Jesus is. And that is why the enemy is so frustrated. That's why the enemy is so determined to destroy him. Because number one, he is the incarnate God. Number two, he is the only begotten God. He is the only begotten of the Father. Number three, because he is the creator of all things. Number four, because he is the giver of life. And number five, because he is the savior of all. That's who Jesus is. 
And that is the same Jesus that you and I are coming here to call upon and to worship this morning. Now that you know the you know the identity of our Lord Jesus Christ, the question is why is the identity of Jesus so important to the devil? Why is the devil so determined to eliminate the Lord Jesus Christ? You will notice that as soon as Jesus was born, this guy called the devil has been at his feet, always pursuing, wanting to destroy him. The question is why? Why is the devil so interested in destroying and obscuring the identity and the name of our Lord Jesus Christ? Why? Because come to think of it, you can leave him alone. You can do your own thing, the devil, and then let Jesus do his own thing, and you can be doing your and there will be no problem. But no, the devil did not want that. He did not even want the existence of our Lord Jesus Christ. The question is why? Why can't the devil just ignore the Lord Jesus Christ and do his own thing and let Jesus Christ do his own thing? Why is the devil so determined to eliminate the Lord Jesus Christ? My brothers and sisters, Satan and his agents could not, they could not and they will not ignore the Lord Jesus Christ because of his verifiable claims. The things that Jesus said he was going to do. He said, I am the way, the truth and the life. Satan knows it. And Satan knows that if you allow that to happen, what happens? Everybody was going to get out of his kingdom. Because of the claims of Jesus that are verifiable, they say the devil cannot ignore it. Number two, the devil cannot ignore the Lord Jesus Christ because of Christ's supernatural acts. Can you imagine you set up your own business and then another person set up a new business and then they come and they start poaching your customers. Assuming your own, your own business is to be able to set up a shop and you are healing people, you are selling medicine or you are a chemist. And then there's a guy that stands right next to your next, right next to your shop. And then when somebody says, I have headache, he says, instead of you going to buy Panadol, let me give you something. Be healed. And that person is healed. You don't mind the first time. The second time, somebody has stomach upset. They want to come and buy whatever they buy from you. You say, oh, you have stomach upset. Be healed. And that person is healed. And then the next person, another person, by the time you start doing that for one week, the guy will call police and say, come and get this guy away from me because he's killing my business. That is exactly what the devil, that's what the Lord Almighty is doing to the devil. Because there are people that were heading to hell. There were people that the enemy was coming, was the enemy was taking captive. And the Lord Jesus Christ is saying, come unto me and I will hear. Come unto me, all you who are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. The Lord was taking away the load that the enemy was putting upon the life of people. That was why the enemy cannot ignore him. Because it was spoiling business for him. Jesus was not good for business in the camp of the enemy. And that was why he must got rid of him. So number one, gee, the enemy could not ignore him because of his verifi- verifiable claim. Number two, because of his supernatural act. Number three, because of his undeniable power and authority. Thank you very much for listening to our program today. We invite you to join us every Sunday at 10 a.m. for our Sunday worship service at 2711 Murfreesboro Road in Antioch, Tennessee. We also host Bible study and prayer meetings every Friday at 7 p.m. Visit us online at www.lifelonganointing.com and on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Join us next time for another edition of Fresh Encounter. On behalf of Lifelong Anointing Church, we thank you for listening.